This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. No rest. We can discuss, give me your truth. It never fails. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Lil Real. You right now, you're listening to Keep It Real with Young Wayne. That's right. We got a special guest today. This is my big brother <laughs> from the shy. You know, honestly, you know, I don't know if he would like me to say this, but I believe he's one of the Chi-Town comedic legends at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, man, you've seen him on everything stand-up, specials, but his role is Snowfall. Mm. This motherfucker, I don't know where he's at. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> we, we found him. <laughs> we don't know where he went. It ain't nobody explained shit. It's oh. ended the season. Uh, but no, we got the great D. Ray Davis in the building, y'all. What's up? D. Ray, what up, man? Yes, sir. Yo, I don't know where I'm at either. That's <laughs> <laughs> the writers. I have no idea. Oh, this why you got to own your own shows, people, <laughs> so you know where you are. <laughs> Treat everything in life like your own show, so you wow. can know where you are. Don't let nobody else write you out. Oh, wow. Peaches is just gone. <laughs> just gone. Just, it's like, I right. just got magical out of nowhere. Honestly, I can't lie. I did not watch. I watched uh, the last episode before the last one I was in. I haven't watched because I was waiting to see. I need to see the whole thing myself. Because <laughs> there's a part you, of me don't D. want it to come to a close either. I don't know. No, nah, you. I think Peach is coming back. I think it's going to be some got, crazy I would hope so. <laughs> they got to do something with me. They're going to have a stand-in just over the shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> over the shoulder shot like you know what I'm here for he's just gonna nod his head I didn't talk much anyway Dang. but man you know something you like what I love about that role for you is too like when you playing a role like that cause it's, he's Peach is moving silence mm-hmm. and so you selling sinister in silence like how tough is that honestly for real it was impossible at first cause just acting alone as comics I mean well, you getting as you can see, you learn on the job too. You're surrounded by good actors all the time, real the movies you're doing, um, which are which is fantastic. Can I curse on here? Um, yeah, absolutely. It's fucking fantastic. Um, <laughs> so when I first got the role, when I first got, uh, no, I was originally cast as Jerome, mm, and we shot wow. a whole pilot first. So I was Jerome because um, yeah, John Singleton came to my house. He was like, I got this role for you. You the uncle. I got cast as Jerome, um, and then. Uh, Lauren London was Louis. Um, mm, sure. Damson's mom was played by Jill Scott at the time. Clifton Powell was in the original pilot. Um, I, maybe it just it just moved differently. It moved like in my mind, I felt that it was too many familiar faces to really tell that story mm. from the dirt. Because if you watch it now, now you're a fan of everybody, mm. and you might see Eamon and things from before several. Uh, castmates and things from before that you didn't really pay attention to them as a like you weren't like oh they had broke ground as far as acting goes but in that movie in that show they they took off so I was the only known face even coming into two and my first week it was like I don't know if you ever saw the old Superman movie. It was a movie uh, about the actual character Superman, the guy mm-hmm. I can't remember who played the original Superman. And he was Superman for so long, he got in another, he got on a TV show. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting there watching the pre- or another movie, and they're sitting there watching the premiere to this other movie, and he walks out. And as soon as he walks out, he's doing a serious role. 
He's doing, he's doing something serious now. And the people in the audience, true story, they yell out, shut up, Superman, you're Superman. And everybody starts laughing. So it, it pretty much drowned out his whole performance. So he's sitting there, he, he eventually took his life, the original Superman, like Dang. literally left, left from a building um, because he couldn't cross over and Hollywood wouldn't allow you to do that. So I felt like my first week on there felt like that. Mm. Like they people waiting on the jokes. I can't take them serious. My first episode, I killed two people. You can't do nothing more thugged out than kill two people. And people still was like, toy gun, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Where the water gun derailed, so I had to settle. Um, um, it's, it's not running if you, like, I, you have to get off the internet. You mm. get off that, focus on the craft, because we stay on there. The opinions of these people that, that and right. t- two houses down from you who you've never met right. in that room with the robe on, it's, it's tearing you apart. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So after I got past that and John settled me and he was like, stop moving your feet so much. You're not here to do this ain't comedy. He would always do that, John. You know, he thought mm-hmm. he thinks that's comedy. Yeah. This ain't comedy. You know, you got focus <laughs> in. And after I learned how to do that and just listen, mm-hmm. and I start practicing at home with just the slightest gestures. And then um I took it to my personal life as far as um things that would normally get a rouse out of me. I was like, center yourself. You know, because a few years back, real time, I used to be, I, I was, I was, I was wild. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> you know what's crazy? And, and I was soon as something happened, I'm ready to rock. Well, I'm ready to rock. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I know we talking about Snowfall, but that's, I was just talking about you to a couple of people that we, you know, we friends with. I'm like, like, outside of you being the happiest I've ever seen you, you just, you are so centered. Like, what, what made that change happen? Um... People say it's different things. For a long time, uh, we 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 are kings of our own chaos. Um, everything wrong in my life was something that I had lit the fuse to. Every bomb that went off was something I definitely had something to do with. If I was having crazy woman problems, I'm the one sitting there telling this woman I love her, and and, and then you know realize you don't. Then you gotta you keep the facade up in certain instances. Or we're traveling and sharing ourselves with so many different people and, and giving so much of ourselves away that. You don't have nothing left for yourself. Now you're upset and you're angry. But I lit these fuses when I just don't have to light the fuses. I don't have mm. to. Um, me and my mother would go back and forth. Always about money. And this is just funny. My mother's just hilarious. So I hate I'm even saying this on your <laughs> on your podcast, but you know me real. So it's like, okay. So they have people's net worths, celebrity net worths on the internet. You just look it up. It's just whatever people want to guess what it uh-huh. is. I think it's hilarious. But mine has been $1.5 million for the last... <laughs> 20 some years. <laughs> and I was like, and sometimes I look at it and I go, you know, I could be D Ray and be like, that ain't right there. I mean, he did it. But I said, no, because of how my family is, I just kept it high wood. <laughs> and I'm thinking, that's cool, man. My mama called me one day, said, my friend's talking about, I- I'm asking you for some money. And my friend's talking about, why your son can't give it to you? He worked 1.5 million. And the way she said it, like it was big, I was like, man, are you kidding? I would dare not ever tell you how much money I heard again. And um, it's just the it's just how we how we see things. So I think that uh so my my friend, uh, um, you know, Trey. Yeah. Trey, friend, family, like every month, he was like, You always you it's like you wait on your mama to ask you for money. It's like you wanted to ask you because you want to still be mad about some. From from before, so you wanna you wanna control that part of it. Can't wait till she hit me about this money. Waiting on it. Mm-hmm. When you got the kind of you're in the kind of situation, well, why don't you just send it? Mm. Just put up a, 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 a amount and just send it to your mama. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, 
So I started doing that. Mm-hmm. Like, just start sending it. And not, not saying my mother's not, she's not money hungry. She's not like that. My mom just like things take care of. She feel like I, she raised this boy. This boy going to take care of her back. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. And I can understand. That's what I always wanted to do anyway. Right. But just not forced into it. You know, I don't want to get beaten to it. But, um, so I just started doing that. And our relationship just changed because I I decided to just take a step ahead of what I thought was what the problem mm-hmm. was going to be. I decided instead of lighting that fuse and, and, and watching that explode and going to go bad for me, just in company. I'm not saying she don't be needing extra stuff still. Like, she don't still ask. <laughs> but it's a lot lighter. Right. If we get ahead of things that we think are going to, you know, affect us some kind of way or try, we do it with everything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Love, um, uh, emotions, mm. and things. That's the only thing we can't buy insurance for. <laughs> Anything else in the world, you can watch the, the all this farmers insurance. Any insurance, don't nobody say if that girl break your heart. Nobody care who right who wrong when it come down to it. When it come down to it, if you have a child by a woman, she could be a horrible person. They gonna say you made that decision, yeah. and they not gonna give you no insurance. Like, oh man, that was a bad. You should have pulled out insurance. None of that. <laughs> <laughs> or 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 if a woman breaks your heart in the midst of your you, but so. I just believe in preparing mentally to some point for those things. We worry about other things. We do it for cars. We do it for our house. We do it for you. Should do it for your emotions. Find a place where you can insure yourself. And I think that had a lot to do with it. And the weed rail definitely had something. To do <laughs> That's with what I was it. waiting on. I waiting on you say the weed. Uh, I was trying to not give it full credit. <laughs> uh, marijuana definitely played a part in um, centering myself. And I've always loved watching people win, but I never sat and watched the games be played and enjoyed it like that too. Hmm. So I rail win if you win. We always shot each other out. Just what the fuck we do. We don't mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you really good, yeah. you like doing that anyway. It's like mm-hmm. LeBron, the nigga sit down during the playoffs and he's still tweeting like, Woo, that boy bad. That's yeah. what you're supposed to say. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. yeah. you good, you good. Mm-hmm. You weird to sit there and say that part should have been mine. It's some roles that I'm glad I didn't get. And I don't want to talk about the movie now because I would down that actor. But sometimes I was like, I was upset that next day and I saw the movie. I'm like, oh shit, that saved my life with this motherfucker. So, <laughs> your jealousy should be only rooted in happiness. Mm-hmm. Your jealousy should only be rooted in drive. Yeah, some- it should drive you to something. Your jealousy shouldn't be that of which, damn, I wish I had that. Mm-hmm. But it should be more, damn, I tell real all the time, I'm jealous, nigga. And I, I tried to do it to Atheon the other day, but Atheon, so that, you know, the Trinity, he a grown, grown man. So he, he he didn't know what I was saying. He's like, no, we're not jealous, brother. I'm like, man, I'm saying it's the uses <laughs> of the word. It's, it's it's not, I'm not, I'm not saying this. I'm not gonna get no trouble. It's like the uses of any other word, like the uses of the word, bitch. You with your girl and you really having a sexy conversation like you a bad bitch. You know what I'm saying? She, she's in that. And I wish we do around the house all the time. Uh-huh. But she know when you walk away and you're like, bitch, she like the tone of it. Mm-hmm. So I think it has a lot to do with just just that and, and, and transfer. Bottom line is transference of energy from one, from the super negative to the, to trying to figure out how do I cheer on my brothers? How do I find a good place no matter what? Now I sit and get to watch the games, even though I'm still playing. Mm. I'm still playing. I'm on. A, I'm on a whole another squad, and we got a dope ass team trying to. Everybody trying to get to the championship. Yeah. So you, you, you. I center myself in that and happiness for other people. Look at my brother winning. Um, never one sided in situations. Um, I hate that we don't have enough people fighting for our uh, for uh, innocent to proven guilty. Mm. It's like it don't even exist on the internet. It's like it don't it even does. exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's straight and guilty. we need more of that. We <laughs> yeah. need more fighting. I've always fought for us, dog. I'm gonna fight all the comedians in at home. If you got an extra three dollars from the improv about four years ago, that was me. <laughs> and they're arguing why y'all charging uh, a, a service charge on cash when the service charge is supposed to be for the credit cards. That's my goal. That is my 
That's what I'm here for. Mm. I'm here so we can have a guild. So when you see your meme, you don't be like, yo, that's my comic mm. you joke. It pops up somewhere. Mm. It's a guild. You wrote that. Because yeah. I bet you if I say a Jay-Z line right now, I'm going to have to pay that. You're going to have to pay for it. That's crazy. You should have to pay for my joke. And then if we have to go back and forth and see who, who originated 82, we could take that to the... That that could be some computer. That could be some um, some digging in the archive shit. Mm-hmm. We can figure it out, and it could wow. even be fun in finding out who did who first did do the joke. Mm-hmm. I would love to know who made up these knock knock jokes for real, and not just to the stock joke because that belonged to somebody. That was somebody that thought. Michael Collier right. that started all of it. Michael Collier, all of it, all, any, any, any material, any, any stock jokes. It was Michael Collier. <laughs> <laughs> that joke. <laughs> that boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what's crazy, D. Ray? Like, I, you know, you somebody I extremely learned from. And I think, you know, I, I actually brag about this about you all the time, about being in Chicago, and especially when I first started. The way promoters end up being promoters in Chicago, the way they did everything, it was based off your format of it. Yeah. We talking oh, about, like, it was, mm-hmm. it's a guy named Leroy that passed out flyers. Yeah, fly, man. You was the first, was you the first person to hire Leroy? No, nah, no, nah, I, I found Leroy passing out flyers, but he was, um, I just, I just always thought a promotion was an art form. I remember the first time I got handed flyers it was for Damon Williams' uh, House of Blues show, mm. and he hands me these flyers. And um, I had been doing comedy. And that was January, so I, don't, I hadn't been doing it too long. I started probably Mother's Day that May before that. And he told me, you know, help me promote. I'll let you do five minutes, kind of thing. I think that was the trade off. <laughs> and he handed me the flyers, and as soon as I smelled them, my life changed. It was mm. the paper, the wood, the the gloss. I could smell it. And in my hands, I started doing the math because I, I I worked with other things that were of blocks back in the day and it <laughs> it felt the same. It felt like it felt like dope. Uh-huh. And I said, for each one of these motherfuckers, I'm gonna get it's worth ten dollars after I started promoting myself. Mm. So then I will watch um I love music. I made music all the time. I always rap, so I always watch the rap format of things or how Ja Rule at the time was promoting, how Irv was promoting, how Jigga was promoting, mm-hmm. Dipset. Mm-hmm. And I looked at their flyers and was like, I want to promote like a rapper. Yeah, My sticker is going to be everywhere. My name going to be everywhere. So I got, when I first started, I got 10,000 flyers that just said D-Ray. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Comedian on the back. There was no MySpace, none of that shit. And threw them everywhere. Just my name, just annoying motherfuckers. Who the fuck is a D-Ray? Then I put hosted by D-Ray at my show, and people's like, I think I know that guy. Because mm. they saw the name somewhere else and didn't right. even realize they saw the name. That's crazy. I drop, the best flyer to me is the one on the ground. People get upset about it. I throw my flyer on the ground. Me and my friends to promote me and my friend Larry and somebody throw it on the ground. But people look down all the time. They want to trip over shit. They're going to see it and make sure my name is big. I made sure. I don't want to tell all my secrets. I made sure. Right. But it's the way... I would format the flyer to be eye-catching. Like if I was going to a movie or if I walked past it, what would make me keep this flyer? What makes me even want to touch it and see it? So I did extra glossy, double-sided. Then I started doing the ones that fold. And I just wanted, mm-hmm. I, I was, damn, I was close to doing pop-outs, the pull-outs. But I was like, <laughs> it just cost so, it costed so much for the time. The cost didn't match. The, doing the P&L in my mind, it just didn't make sense. But promotions was number one. I first went on stage at uh, TNT Comedy Hook. And I remember standing there after my uncle told me don't go up or whatever. He's like, you know, he thought he didn't know I knew I was going to be good. <laughs> Nobody fucking knew. So I come over, he's just standing there. And this guy, well, my uncle's standing there. This guy just walks up to me. He's like, wow, this white guy's like, you really want to do this, huh? And I was like, yeah. He was like, he's like, I was like, I want to do this for real, like this. And he said, yeah, man, you're good at comedy. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. Fuck that. <laughs> and I pointed at Tassi, who was at the door. 
taking mm. all the money. I said, I want to do that. Mm. I said, that was cool. That was fun. I could do that all day. To this day, I still feel that way about comedy. It's just, I, I, even when I try not to brag, I try comedy, I just breathe it. Dog, mm-hmm. I breathe this shit all day fucking long. If somebody yeah. told me they had something similar to me, I could get rid of that shit in a minute. If we had to go on stage right now, back to back, and everybody got to talk about this table, I know how my mind works is what God did, but he also took away my ability to write that shit down mm-hmm. and, and remember what I just said. But in the moment, if I was to take all my freestyle shit, I know what I'm good at. So that felt comfortable. I felt like just shooting around. But that shit at the door, him taking all the money, giving niggas $50. <laughs> yeah. So this is the thing about it. Like when I first started, you know, and I met the first time I met D Ray was at um was at Intis. It's always funny because I can remember the image in my head. Like you just talk to this girl, right? And like, you know, other comments like, oh, it's D Ray, he does, you know, he has riddles on Sunday. You know, like, but you gotta, you know, introduce yourself to him. He gave me a card, told me to call this number. You just had a number. You, yeah, I'm you had there. a separate card to give to comedians. If you want to go up, you had to call it. And he'll give you a spot on the first show. And but I just remember thinking like just how cool this nigga was, right? I was like, like this dude is cool as fuck. Like, he's like, you at the bar just chilling and shit. And just <laughs> hand me a card. I was like, okay. And he just looked at me like, you done, nigga? Like, self-promotion is <laughs> such a big deal. Like, that is, you are literally who I learned how to promote yep. from. And I, I, I bring it up where, like, I'm talking about in Chicago, nobody was doing it that way. Like, you literally, like, even the way, like, you had the comedy flyers doing the shit, like, it with double gloss, all that. And then everybody started doing that shit. Yeah, with the, well, they they tried a lot of times. But that's back, RIP to Dre. Me and Dre would sit sometimes. And um, Dre's a comedian from Chicago. You guys would probably never know, but he he was pretty funny. He had about, like, seven, eight minutes material. He was great at designing. But um, he, unfortunately, caught a stray somewhere at a comedy spot, which was fucking insane and um before we get to this man i want to tell you i was going to tell you the story about inters while we're talking about inters during that time right they're talking about doing comedy at inters right yep so listen <laughs> so we had inters i don't know if i had met you not or whatever so we had we had inters and i'm dancing just chilling by the wall back with d-ray used to really groove dancing by the wall after my set i look down it's like 10 bands in a knot like this and I was like, holy shit, bend down, get the money, stick it in my pocket. I'm like, oh my God, it's got, this is racks. I'm racked up. Dancing about 30 minutes later, I back up and I hit like a wall. I turn around and it's it's Johnny or Jeff, Jeff Ford. Jeff, Jeff is the dad. Yeah. It's Johnny Ford. He's who's also 6'8. Oh, man. And he goes, good set. And I was like, oh, thank you. And he goes, like, uh, give my motherfucking money. <laughs> it was anybody else. I'd probably be like, man, fuck out of here. You think I need money? We would have got out of that. Man, I was down there. I reached in my pocket. Like, <laughs> like, I was holding it for him. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> it could have not been his. He said, give my motherfucking money. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, that was all right. Moving on. That was it, but that was funny. Probably that same night you see me leaning on the bar, right? It was like, damn. Dude, that's I just lost $10,000. So, yeah. Give me my motherfucking money. <laughs> As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, 
you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. But um, <laughs> I, think, I think that um, um, I've always loved the challenge that of you can't do this. I've always loved it. It's just it's, it's fun to me. Mm-hmm. It's great to me. For me, from shit that I probably ultimately couldn't do yeah. to things that were probably with ease that people didn't know you can do. Mm-hmm. And flies and promotion, I always said I'm a book a comedian. When I book that motherfucker, I'm gonna write my name the same size as theirs. So when you go see Earthquake, D-Ray name is on there the same size. It's my show. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna see it in that light. You're gonna see it, you're gonna get and I controlled it. Mm-hmm. And if you don't control that part of it, you get lost. And that's with everything now, with the movies, with everything else. If you don't get, if it's not, if you don't set a precedence for it, then how 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 would somebody want to give it to you? They're never going to just give it mm-hmm. to you. Right. You're a star, your name, unless you're the only lead in the movie. But when Rel, it looks, because he's done so many now, you see you see his name, you're like, in a single car, you're like, okay. But when you first do it, you're like, after that, you saying and asking for it mm-hmm. after your first movie that mm-hmm. they thought was, you're like, no, it's it's right there now. Now you know what it is. So you knew what the flyers would be from then on, from my first year out. That's mm-hmm. why I was like, I'm controlling this. It's never going to be like that. Mm-hmm. See, when I sit and thing. argue with comics about, the, like I said, comedy, comedy is always, it's my first love, but secondary as far as my... But D, let me, let me ask you this my, real quick. But that's... Promotion is one thing, right? It's being able to actually have the show be good too, right? Because yeah. somebody got fucking... We know comics as great promoters, but like, yeah, well, they, they, no, you won't want to see this nigga on stage longer no. than five minutes. With with you though, and I thought it was always interesting. Every fucking week, you like, I've never seen nobody freestyle on stage. Like the reason why I like started even doing that shit hmm? is because I thought that's what the fucking normal do. Yeah, you <laughs> know what I mean. Day. To you this was day. you, you no. just like literally every fucking week. Yeah, I would, I would get bored with my comedy. If I wrote a joke and I laughed at it and it didn't continue to make me laugh. Now, of course, I have my skeleton um, of my jokes. It's like before you throw all the meat on it and everything. But I can still revisit some of my older jokes. So I watch people do that become memes and become skits. And I'm like, oh, that shit's still funny right now. I was, it was that good. But I remember I wanted to be, like I said, an originator of jokes. Jokes I created, people don't even know I created them. But, I'm, but I could fight for them because I know the time I did them. If I ask somebody if they know who did it, they don't know. Mm. Your mama got one I one lady to call her IHOP. I wrote that. Mm. It's in ch- it's in kids' books now. It's crazy. Mm. Me, at the end of Riddles, um, at the end of TNT, we would go up on stage and snap on each other. Mm. Corey Holcomb at the time was a beast. Yeah, he did this. He did a style that's now big in rap. And I, I've seen like, who can I think? of? Luda does it. Um, um, Nicki Minaj does it a lot. He do his thing like your mama. He do the, he reversed the joke. It's like your mama. Uh, your mom be outside sucking snowmen's dicks. She's a snowblower. <laughs> <laughs> See, it sounded like bars, now, right. but, but he did that. I had another one. I said, your mama's so stupid. I call her yelling in the envelope. Bitch says she's sending voicemail. That went everywhere. What's wow. that? Did it on, on Apollo. And I called nigga next day. It was my joke. Oh, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, 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 a stock joke. <laughs> no, no, because I wrote it. Uh-huh. And I, I, I take passion in writing that shit. Mm. Like, so it's important to me, like, as far as the, the material, like you said, it, it going with, like, 
I want to I want to originate every every time I go on stage. I want to be creative. So I go up last at Monday Rays now. I'll go up and host a little bit, but I go up last. And I always be like, these people seeing you before. Do something else. Do something else. And i and if you get that advantage, that rare moment, that rare time in your life where um your creativity is overflowing. Mm. You know, sometimes we get the block or whatever, but for the most part, if you if you're in there just working on the muscle consistently, it stays. It stays going. Mm-hmm. And I've always uh, loved Robin Williams for that. Mm. Because although yeah. he had his ability to freestyle, his ability to retain information, his retention of, of all these jokes from through his life was like his body was just filled with them. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, yeah. I think probably more than water in his body. Yeah. And I remember freestyling with some greats, and I knew I was on the right track. I remember mm-hmm. me and him would crack jokes back and forth. When me and um, John C. Riley were going back and forth, and, and they, I don't know if it, I don't think it made it in semi-pro, but... Or me and Anthony Anderson, who's great at freestyling, but I caught Ant in the okay. audition. And I mean, catch, like, that's as me a comic. I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, and uh, just be Eddie Murphy. Or, or working with those people who you know they didn't write that shit. You know that that wasn't in the script. Mm-hmm. And, you're, and you're on the same stage right. as them at that moment. Right. You're like, oh shit, I, yeah. I, I, I hoop like this too. I play mm-hmm. this, this too. So I always want to stay creative, but at the same time, pinch from all that freestyle. The strongest parts of it. Because mm. peak comics don't know sometimes. You freestyle and talk about somebody, which we it becomes a it could become a real joke too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's how yeah. instead of there being that person, it's somebody else in your mind. I met this one dude, had to you just change the line and the introduction it. to yeah. it. And um, so I wanted to always have that. Bottom line is want to always be creative every time. I'm planting seed no matter what. So I can always my garden is consistently changing, con- continuously changing in my mind, but we are, but without it. Interfering with the structure of who D Ray right. is mm-hmm. and how my set is going to start and end. But D, you mentioned Robert Williams. I don't know if I even ever asked you this, but like for but who are your influences? Like I always just looked at you as just D Ray, and like you just was born and did comedy. <laughs> that, that that was my question because hearing you talk about him because he's an inspiration to you, and then he mentioned two of your largest inspirations, which is Robin Williams and Eddie Murphy. So yeah, it's crazy. It's a lot, like, a lot who, in comedy. Who, but who is your like who? Okay, I, I get mad at comics and I be like, because when comics were starting sometimes, like, niggas sound like me. I can hear it. To this day, it's some dude swag. I know that, that swag wouldn't exist because niggas just didn't do it. It's just how mm-hmm. I, I, I knew it. I know I see, you know, you see the kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. I see the children in it. Um, when I started, I was really good at listening. So when they told me, don't do this, don't do that, and not always in the nicest way, mm-hmm. that's what's name, Joe. Don't sound like what's name. I prided myself to talk the way I talk. Now, another thing that helped me is uh, once, like you said, the ADD, the ability just to freestyle one. Two, if I don't speed up my words sometimes, you'll hear these random pauses. I stutter. So my style was almost on accident because I don't want to fuck up the words. So so I couldn't really mimic anybody. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But Damon Williams, mm-hmm. uh, mic control, crowd control, bringing everybody back in. You mentioned earlier Michael Callier, the ability to lose everything and still perform as if you have it. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Create everything, make everything an instrument, the most important one being your voice. Um, Corey Holcomb, boldness. Um, TK, teaching me to be a super fly nigga. TK Kirkland, I, I, I was... I surpassed these these guys when it comes to uh, the, and I mean, I'm talking to you, TK, 
when it comes to the <laughs> no when it comes to the actual execution of it outside okay. of the stage. Okay, okay, mm. okay, got it. Um, but you had to watch those guys, and you couldn't. It's like when Kobe didn't if, if they didn't watch those guys. But there's so many influences, man. I can't. Some guys don't even do comedy no more. Right. I would see them and just be like, they just had something. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Something about their their style. But as far as like raw inspiration, my my I never drew drew from um, comics. Mm-hmm. I was too dark, mm-hmm. so I drew from film. I drew from Bruce Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. I drew from uh, wa- watching horror. My the beats are the same. They're beats of threes. Comedy and horror mm-hmm. the same. It has the same, you know, but you don't notice that because it's all rhythm to me. And I know I'm sounding really strange saying this now, but no, I love talking I didn't, about I it. I didn't realize that till I did get out. Oh, and, yeah. And, and how it was literally all the same rhythm. Rhythm. Yeah. Mm. Which is why, like, I, I mean, just throwing it out there, like Jordan Peele just, and, you know, he do comedy and he loves horror and you can tell. It's lit. He was saying, he's like, Shout out, the same yeah, yeah, Jordan Peele for putting people on it and letting them know that we, we get weird too. Um, no, black people get weird too. We get uh, weirded out, but he was able to tell it in a way where you didn't feel like this couldn't happen to you because your fears were the same. Just like comedy, we relate to people mm-hmm. and then we joke about it. Mm-hmm. I'm broke, you broke, ha ha ha. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm scared, you scared. Uh, 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 same mm-hmm. thing. So I drew from that. And um, I'll say, it's, even in stand up, this is going to sound even odd, I, uh, because of the, the, Pauses and my ability to finally get out. Uh, Christopher Walken would play into my head as far as my comedy goes. And mm, wow. high, high, high on the list, Jeff Goldblum. Mm, yeah. uh, the prop, the way to deliver the lines. My favorite thing he's ever said was, he's got fucking hundreds of things. My favorite thing Jeff Goldblum did is, I, I don't want to mess up which one it was, but it was Jurassic Park. And I think it was Vince Vaughn. And they're on an island. And Vince is like, uh, uh, Jeff Goldblum is yelling out, Sarah, Sarah. Vince, Vince Vaughn goes, Sarah Harding or something like that. And Jeff goes, how many Sarahs do you think are on this island? And it's just that. <laughs> so my, I wanted my sarcasm to always match that. It wasn't mean. It's just, the fuck is you talking about? Like, you think it's 17 Sarahs here? So, um, and I don't want to leave, leave out, like I said, like we said earlier, like Robin Williams and just um, wanting to have that kind of information inside of me with with comedy, not just my freestyle, but mm-hmm. to have the actual uh, bits to go with it, to have the actual knowledge of of as much comedy as I can have, mm-hmm. which gets annoying to some people because I'll see somebody do a joke and it could be really an epiphany for them. Mm-hmm. But I'll be like, no, that's I'll go into my <laughs> comedy Bible that was such and such at this yeah. spring right there that said that. And, and it's like, what? Me and, a, me and a girl got into it or me and a, a, a dude's mama or instant mm-hmm. influencer's mama. Mm-hmm. I said, this is my joke, nigga. I'm this shit. And he's like, don't cover my son. I'm like, back then I was, this is not, this was past three years ago. <laughs> Bitch, if you don't get your ass out of You got your mama talking to me, nigga. I beat your stepdaddy up, all that shit. But, um, <laughs> but, but D-Ray, let me ask you this too, because I think your influence on, not just comedy, on just so much. I think about like, anybody saw the Kanye documentary that Cootie and them did? Mm-hmm. I remember when you did the Through the Wire video, like, in a weird, I don't want to say the weird way, but, like, Kanye needed you. He needed he needed a stamp, especially from the crib. Because mm-hmm. he was, like, he wasn't there yet, you know what I mean? In his mind, he was. Kanye always been there in his mind. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I think that, I like right place, right time. 
I can't say that because now with my music, um, which I, I'm in love with, people always ask when it's coming out, man. I'm I'm taking my Prince Sade time. <laughs> um, but I can say this, though, that people that... To the people that ask, this probably is my last year rapping. I'll probably croon after this shit a little bit. Little cool. The songs I've been playing them cool, but this is my last year, nigga, rapping. So it got to be before this year's out. Um, I think it was uh, one of those. That's a hard one because I don't want to say I don't like to say I needed nobody realistically. So I don't like to feel like he needed a stamp because people was buzzing like he was buzzing. And I think that the way it came together was so so much accidental purpose, how it happened, mm -hmm. that I needed that moment too. Like I piggy banked off that shit too. Like broke for I broke to this day, people still send me TikToks. I'm figuring how to get my bread from that shit <laughs> and everything else because I performed at the Grammys. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. There was no trade-off bigger than me. I, I I'm the first comic to perform a skit at the Grammys ever. So that had never happened. So I, I take that, like, we give back we give back moments. I don't live in minutes, I live in moments mm -hmm. all the time. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't get it back. You can't, like, that was that was huge. And people say, what if I would have knew what I knew now, I did this, did that, then that moment wouldn't have worked that way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They was in the suite. I pulled, yeah, we both was on the verge. I pulled up, because I first got here, I went and got lexed yeah. out. The double lexus, one hidden somewhere, one I was still acting like a drug dealer out here. So me going to get them was like, oh, D out here, let's just swoop, let's roll. Because mm. they had no idea. And, they, and I never did Bernie's voice before. On stage maybe at the improv, I mean, at the Riddles when we mess around. Did Bernie ever approach you about that? Uh, like, he didn't approach me. He just let everybody know that motherfucker wasn't him. <laughs> and, uh, he let them know that wasn't him when he was here R.I.P. to the great Bernie mm. Mac man but they couldn't reach him that's what they could not reach him and I know he's probably watching this now they couldn't reach you Bernie <laughs> uh, and they were like because it was a, it was British mm. it was British it was like uh, what was it Kanye Kanye I talk to you for a minute it was and I, my British back then was horrible still just okay now but that's pretty good you know, that wasn't terrible to I know much better now than the people I work for see but back then it was terrible. We did that. Now I did another one. I did like a white guy. It just and then they was turned around. I remember I, I didn't I didn't I remember the moment it happened, but I was like, I'll try it. Fuck it. And I was like, huh yeah. And then the more I did it, the, the more the album the more I did, it, the more I felt it. Mm -hmm. But it was embarrassing then too, because I didn't want to sound like nobody. Mm. Right. Mm. You killed it. I had to run around telling people it was me now instead of being like that was D-Ray. You right. know, what I mean people were like, oh, that's D-Ray. So, but it is good for trivia games and shit like that. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Bernie, uh, he definitely his likeness. His people definitely let it be known that that was his likeness, <laughs> and um, there could be some repercussions, consequences, repercussions. Um, but that's another thing too. Like, there's only you and a few people or comics that, besides, I think about you, Alex Thomas, and maybe Lil Duval. That was like y'all was in all the videos. Like it wasn't nobody even doing that shit. I ain't do too many videos, man. But Jimmy. was through the wire the first one. Like I, I think like when I seen I think through the why I, I it I cannot lie it all happened I I take that back you're right I was in fucking now I think about it you right I was about ten videos yeah. <laughs> I was a video girl I just forgot that <laughs> Chris I Brown was, I, tried to, I tried to forget it was my old days I ain't like that no more I don't get blued out um yeah I did uh Chris Brown for damn I man yeah, we were gonna put it all together though for my promo because for the next tour on the screen I never did that where I watched the crowd get hyped about oh shit I did so mm -hmm. I said fuck it let's try it because I, <laughs> I, I just hate when people do all that shit and disappoint 
Well, you play the video again. You know what's funny, D. Ray? Also, you help like Hollywood see Chicago a little more, like, a lot more. Actually, I mean, yeah. one of your birthdays, you flew all of us for out showcase. To LA, the showcase. It's important to me. Can't do it by yourself. And um, that came from the Wands. Mm. Um, my family, they they tried to help back with you know Ursula Tanika tried to help with the comedy club. You know, my <laughs> brothers was there. Everybody tried to help with the comedy club. But um, as far as like building a machine and 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 having a a real team with you. Y'all was my brothers, cause I when I came into comedy, not I'm not knocking anyone, cause I wouldn't be who I am or strong mm-hmm. as I am without um, these those things happening. But it wasn't easy for me. Um, people wanted to you know tell me what jokes not to do, kind of do, cause I was I was low key as a phenom, mm-hmm. cause I was silly, I was funny, I was going through hell and a half, I was getting divorced at fucking 19 years old, my life was in shambles. So my comedy bled that. Mm. And it was like, who the fuck is this? And yeah. I didn't know that then was the, the thing, but I did feel the energy. Yeah. And I remember I was being kind of bullied in the bathroom one time by a comic. Just about some shit. And it wasn't bully like, right. I'm gonna fuck you up, but just about to, you can't do that, dog. And um, I remember Kenny Howe walked up in the bathroom. He said, you are still here talking to this nigga? Like, let this little nigga go, man. Let this nigga do what the fuck he gonna do, nigga. You funny as he be mad, he funny. Nigga, funny than motherfucker. Get the fuck out of here. Go be funny, nigga. Don't listen to nobody else. And that same hallway walking down, I had to shaking my head. And this other comic was there. He's a little bit quieter. I'm not saying the comic that bullied me or this other, the other comic. I was, I'll tell you what. The other comic was James Hanna. Mm. And he saw my face and he's like, what's up? He's like, hey, man, I sent Kenny in there. And I said, why you ain't going there? I said, what? He's like, I sent Kenny in there. I was like, that was funny. He even said that. He's like, um, you're really, really, he has hands. You're really, really good. I don't know what to make of it. You sure you only been doing this like like two, three months? And I was like, yeah. He was like, just don't, don't stop ever. Hmm. And I was like, damn, I didn't know what that meant at the time. So now I'm here. Now I wake up. I'm like, don't stop ever. I think of little phrases like that 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 keep me wanting to. Is this, I don't know, man. James has always been like this. Well, rest in peace, James had a great comedian writer, but this stamp of approval guy. Like, because I, I remember when I was in, I was doing the Dallas Improv, and he showed up, and he just he did that, right? Hey, man, wow, you got. And I'm like, yo, you wanna, you know? And he also, he also like down the line, he told me I looked upset. Boy, mm-hmm. why are you letting that affect your set? And we we they stamped him as bitter. They said James was bitter. He was upset about Hollywood when when he was fighting for his life. And I don't mean because he passed, because this is your life and your livelihood. So we call these comics bitter after we shut them out and whatever, after or they after they get to a certain point, we think they they just mad. When it's not bitter for someone to say what they believe they deserved. Mm-hmm. And James being who he was, when I saw him last before he last came to work with me, was driving a limo. And that's James Hanna. And I was not going to let that happen. You know, it's crazy. And it was, I remember the moment I had with him. And I was like, well, you, will you, I was uncomfortable asking him to open for me. And he stopped that. He said, Rail, no. I, yes, I want to open, man. Yeah. Like, and I'm like, because I looked up, you know, I, I have a lot of respect. I get what you're saying, but man, you pass me the ball, I'm dunking. <laughs> Bottom line, that's what it is. Mm. I I would I mean there's certain people I mean I'm just sitting here and I don't want to it would be disrespectful to the co- other comments that I wouldn't do it for it's comments all the time I think about who I would open for and then there's certain comments I'd be like I even though status wise when they make the call they try 
But there's not nobody. This how niggas know I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm sorry, talking like D right there. Any bottom line, dog. <laughs> when y'all try to put me, won't no nigga let me open up for him or go before him. It's only a certain nigga, few niggas. Mm. There ain't many Mike Epps in the world who be like, I don't give a fuck who go before me because that nigga is just so branded and so you know. But it's a lot of niggas who know. They know. They know. They know where you supposed to be. But they like. But but we're so powerful. With the, the more they push me like this, the more I go like this. The more I go, like, what's the you, you ever see? What's the movie called? Of uh, 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 there will be was there will be blood. Let me tell you something. Funny you say it. So I was watching the Snoop Dogg special, mm-hmm. right? And that's a great example of that. Of who we? I saw who I was on there. Yeah. And but I saw I only saw one person really. We people passing out the videos, and it was your set, and you on there, and like like for me, you know, I already know like I consider you one of the kings. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate like we, it, we've man. talked about this before. Like, um, and it's interesting. Well, I'm like, I love sometimes because that happened too with the first Shaq All Star. That that first one is a motherfucker. Yeah, classic. Because but well, one I had on the hottest hat in the world in Arizona and a vest. Yes. Let's never that, forget that's, that. That's fucking the same. First wow. that was, I was sweating my ass off. <laughs> that's so what he's better. That's what you that's when you used to do the, the hat lean. So, like I say this, I'm being straight up transparent. A lot of shit I literally bit from D Ray. I'm talking about from wearing the jerseys with my name on there. Yeah. Which was smart as fuck. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I don't like to say because a lot of stuff you. This is teaching. what this what I'm this what I told them. That's why the point I was trying to get you before we talked about the the, yeah. the comments earlier, which I got lost on because the story was so we got into James, but I I had a heart in comedy, so I wanted them it to be. Only hard with comedy for them, mm-hmm. not the other side of it. Right. So off the bat, I was like, y'all three motherfuckers or y'all four people going to rock together. Mm-hmm. When I book one, I book them all. Yeah. Wasn't nobody different unless you you surpassed in practice. Like if mm-hmm. you clowned in practice, like like Michi was fucking good, right? Yeah. Right. Shout out to Michi. Was, so we talking about Michi, Wildcat, okay. and w- w- which the original three was the last lap. It was yeah. me, Michi, and Wildcat, and then we added damn food. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he actually put us together like a fucking comedy boy band. <laughs> Hey, yeah, son, like seriously. He like, said he booked one, he booked all. Fam, we would be all on the fly. It's like, the last laugh troop. Yeah. Yeah. Man, we had handshakes and everything. Them niggas was dope. Them niggas, but the, <laughs> the point was, Michi was real dope. Michi, but Michi mentally gets in his his, his head sometimes. Mm-hmm. Other than that, he's, he's always a genius. Right. Gets in his head and stops himself. Mm-hmm. What you can hear it in the material, not not what he's saying, but how he's delivering it. Okay. Rel start dunking. Rail was Rel, that's just the truth. Rail started dunking, and I'm like, "Hey, some niggas had a conversation they sell. Mm-hmm. So they, I think Michi didn't do it once, and then Rail hosted once where they was hosting riddles like back and forth. And I'm like, "You got to pass the ball to the nigga who hitting the threes yeah. at that moment, and stay close to him. So when that nigga get traded, he LeBron you, and you go with him. Yeah, that's what I was trying to sell through comedy. I didn't want to have to watch my back as a comedian. Right. So he was, uh, he always commends you on everything, like the promotion, how you did everything. When did you see something in rail? They first time I saw him. First time. Mm. First time I saw him, really? I was like the nigga. St- the, the he said, I don't see. I, only thing I see that we have similar in my mind, it'd be the same things I see that I have similar and others. So when he's saying it, I'm like, okay, nigga, but I tilted my hat because of Tony Schofield. So, oh, okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. My hat was tilted because of Tony mm. Schofield hat was tilted. Yeah. And I touched my nose because Tony touched it all, you know, but it's a, it's 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 cool. Mm-hmm. Tonally, when dudes hang around each other, Corey, uh, Jeff, uh, <laughs> mm. they, they have a tone. They don't sound exactly like they do. We all had a tone. Mm. So, when you hear us doing our jokes and we talk about our shit like we do this, I don't know, I'm breath after we get done. 
that's our tone of our crew. Mm. So why wouldn't we sound similar right. if I'm if right now, you know what I'm saying? If I'm, I'm up and doing it, we do it, and we seeing what's winning and what's making sense. But our jokes weren't the same. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. That's what made Chicago stand out, like, more than any city to me. Like, especially when I was, when I was coming up, and even, I know the group before us, y'all, everybody didn't want to sound alike. Like, yeah. motherfuckers wanted to be different. And other cities, they tend to like fall into whoever the hot nigga, and they all yeah, become that. Yeah, everybody can't be a Muhammad. That nigga uh-huh. Muhammad tone, <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. The fuck Muhammad is? is fucking great. Fucking Marlon Mitchell, to this dude, you can hear Marlon in almost anybody's set from Chicago. Mm-hmm. You're gonna hear it's because that's him talking to you. We we ba- if you okay. hang out that lounge, you have a drink. You go, you gonna, you're baby, gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna yeah. Come on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I love too. That we I did a movie. I, I shot a short of. It's, it's gonna sound weird saying it. Halloween three two, but I shot produced a short a horror <laughs> film. Um, and uh, when, there's a part when the gate is falling. I'll play it for you one day, real. And I, I just hear myself saying because I'm just doing the voices to it. And I was like, Oh, don't don't do that to me, baby. <laughs> that's right. That's Marlon. <laughs> when Marlon texts baby in our group chat, I, I know he said it sound like that, but. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ralph. No, but I, no, and that's the thing about it. It's, it's all about influence, right? And mm-hmm. I think, like, I've just seen you influence so many things. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, <laughs> I mean, everything. Like, it's it's cats that even try to move. You know, you know, derate the ladies, man. It's cats that tried to do that, and they couldn't do that. <laughs> like for real, I've seen it. Like I've seen it firsthand. I feel sorry for them. Because <laughs> either way, it's going to be the headache. So, yeah. either way, there's nothing. I, I think, I think me having all these sisters, I have me respecting and loving because people watch it, but respecting and uh, loving just the art of women and what they do when they're around me. And it's not just my girls, and you know that that I love or that I've been with or women that have filmed me. But my staff, mostly women, you know what I'm saying? Just to, to know you, know you straight. You know, in a time where niggas work for you, where you don't go, if $5, but you're like, which one of these niggas took the $5? <laughs> you know, in your mind, and I could just be a sucker, but in my mind, if $5 missing on a woman, and she went to, you know, she went to do something with it or flip it and make 10 with it, or I picked up that five. It was this, or what, it's like, it's, it's just a different uh, trust we have. And and women, if you run in, if you're in the alley and you're running from a dog and just letting your heart pound and go and you just let yourself yell out something, the first thing you're going to say is, mama. Mm-hmm. And you're going to say, daddy, because you ain't seen that nigga. So I'd rather <laughs> trust. Yeah, I'd rather no. trust uh, women. So I think that the way people people see it, like I get all the people say uh, from the Instagram, poly this and poly that. Mm-hmm. I don't follow those pages because that's not what my situation is. I'm not trying to spread the thought of, I think if you have one woman at home and, and everyone's fulfilled and everyone's happy, there's that's comfort too, you know. But I'm not gonna act like I don't love the fact that I've been blessed enough to um, be able to travel in multiplicity 
as far as love goes. <laughs> Multiplicity. I've always been like a fly on the wall when it comes to you, I think. Like, I think that's so, it. like, you know, I'm because I, I almost think that helped me in my career because I, I was just quiet and just, I like to observe everything first, right? And be like, okay, that's interesting, right? Like, <laughs> that's an interesting Thanksgiving. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are. Thanksgiving is great. Because yeah. <laughs> none of them are the cook. Yeah, no. So. But no, because he's the cook. Mm. And I'm the cook. D-Ray is the cook. Yeah. I yeah. I cook everything. Everything. Uh, whatever you whatever you want, I can cook. That's what's up. I just show Which up. Is I, I show up fat the first time. When he when he's cooking, I show I I like wait in the kitchen like while still being cooked. Like, <laughs> like, like I made some <laughs> well, I, I did like it don't matter. I, I did these like ribs one time, but I like boiled the ribs or whatever. And then Ray was eating. He was like you should say I'll leave. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Chris is eating. Come on, Ray. Ray was already thinking. Mm, they were coming off the bar. He bored real. Let me open up a restaurant. He raised bored real. Because that's what it is too. You Crazy. told me you bored. I'm like, you bored him. You got to say this shit, man. <laughs> He raised boiled ribs. Oh, I do wonder though, you get a divorce at 19. Do you think that that affected like the way that you view that you view love mm. and relationships and your approach um, to them? I think the reason my reasons for getting married is nobody in my family um had successful relationships and I didn't want um I don't know, man. I felt like I was really blessed and really big on God alone. Not not so much in the church, because too many thought processes going on. I don't know what people really in here praying for. Mm. <laughs> Mm. Um, I've always thought about that. Like I always thought about boxes when it come to God. Like both of these niggas in the corner going, Lord, please let me win. Mm. And then when I'm lose, you're like, damn. You like that? <laughs> that's not the you way it works. <laughs> so um I wanted to be married and I wanted to um just have some kind of foundation because I thought that would change the my outcome as far as how my dynamics in my mind were as far as how family goes. The the family dynamics was get married, have kids, work more out. But also, she's really pretty and was high school, beautiful Haitian girl. And um, it was- It's a it crazy was, story to that, though. Which parts- I said, what to say, which, what's happening? Uh, the whole shit is wild, though, yeah. No, but no, this is, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she actually just texted me the other day. I was just about to ask, you still in contact with her at she all? She texted me, well, um, I, I called her one time uh, about two years ago because- we never like legally got divorced. And oh. um, Coco was sitting on the couch and she was talking shit. She was like, Nick, you still married. And I was like, No, the fuck I ain't. She's like, You still married? I was like, How? She got married after me. She's like, I don't give a fuck. You never got divorced. You still married. And I don't know how she did it. it took out like an ad in the paper. I forgot how she separated it, but I was 20 years old. And um, damn. So I called her and I was like, Hey, yeah, da da da, talking regularly. Like, you got. When year do we get divorced? I did it like that. I kind of asked like that. Like, oh, that was it. And I was like looking at Coco like, but uh, yeah, it was interesting though, man. I mean, what the fuck is you doing, because, right? Because <laughs> I'll be trying to keep me watching because I my it's thing a, is about what people a, living now, how they are. Because I got some stories. It's a, it's a, I got a story. When I tell you, I went through my phone earlier, I got, and I was like, dog, this motherfucker's definitely married now. Uh -huh. She having a great time, and this is our partying. It's like. It'd be the simplest thing. A girl could have just been dancing in the club. Like, her nigga don't want to see this right now. Like, I could put together a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> but I won't do that. But it's like your or it's like a superhero origin story. It like I got hurt and I was yeah. Really stronger. Yeah, yeah. Then you was like, fuck this shit. Like yeah, I've heard versions of that, right? You say that, like, oh, that's a motherfucker. You know something? Cause then you see like in a comedy club, like, what the fuck? 
bro, I seen her so many times after that, but I, I think it was um you talking about uh me trying to get back and I'm on stage at TNT Comedy Hub and I'm tearing the crowd down and fucking the nigga up in the back and he was like, My boy Mesco is your wife right now. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, What? <laughs> Fuck out of here. And he said, I don't want to say the nigga name, man. Nigga, man. Right, I don't want to get them niggas no platform. Right. The nigga, but he's like, he said her name. No, no, no. And I was like, what? And I swear, I was like, I never felt that like that. I was like, huh? <laughs> oh, what? Are you talking about the? Oh my god, the story go back so far, realistically, man. It's it's all right. So I worked in the clothing stores. I worked in the clothing store. Just Jesus Christ. Uh, working clothing store. She walks in. And I've been working with her. A, a guy walks in behind her. He's like, uh, uh, your, your girl is beautiful. He's an older gentleman. Mm. We're like 20. So he has to be like maybe close to 30 at the time. I don't remember. I think, yeah, easy. And gives her money, $100. I got, I'm getting bread anyway. I don't want to share what the fuck is like. He's like, no, nah, let her, man, don't be like that. Let her get a little some lunch. I'm like, bullshit, I was like that motherfucker. End up being years down the line, I was the same guy though when, when this happened. Damn. Wow. So we broke up. I forgot why we, had, why we were breaking up. Um, probably me, more than likely. I'm I'm lying. I do remember what happened. I went to see a girl. I went. I got married because I just was like love, whatever. But there was a girl from before when I was even younger mm-hmm. who was I, was I was afraid to tell her I had gotten married because I was so young. So they heard talking about getting married. <laughs> <sighs> There's another girl who used to work at <laughs> the mall with us as well. So I had to go kind of break up with her too. <laughs> So I pull up and, and because I was, you know, dabbling or whatever. But I still had not slept with none of those girls like while the time I got married. Okay, okay. When I got married, I did. And I went over there. I ain't going to lie. I probably was going to try. Um, <laughs> so I put up to the girl's house. And I'm standing there and it's blue pelly coat. It's blue. It's fucking dope. I got, I got, I said, of course. I got my wife's car mat, that matches my coupe mm-hmm. sitting there. Uh, a topaz. <laughs> a new one. Mercury topaz. Tropaz topaz. And uh, the girl looks at me in the face. It's funny because this girl just called me the other day too. Told me she sorry she missed my show in Chicago. Wow. Looks at my face. She's like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "So you told me on the phone." And this like back in the day, I had telemarketer on the phone. Like I had a big ass cell phone, uh, the big fake one, but I had called her from the phone phone. So you told me on the phone already. And I said, uh, "Yeah." Say so you're married. And I was like, "Yeah, but let's talk. I just want to talk to you." And she's like, "Okay, hold on." She goes in the back. This nigga calls my house. <laughs> Walk to the door. Hello? Yeah, he's right here right now. He has on a blue jacket that's matching your blue nigga. When I tell you, I almost killed myself to get down them steps. <laughs> Got in the car, drove to the mall, took that jacket off, threw that motherfucker, <laughs> bought a whole new jacket, and drove home. <laughs> Pulled up. She's like, she pulled on my coat, like, where's your blue jacket? I was like, blue jacket? <laughs> what are you talking about? This motherfucker was yellow as hell. <laughs> that shit cost me $500 to not get caught. That's genius, but, man. Um, yeah, man, we just had moments like that. And then um, comedy, um, comedy had a big, big part of it. I don't know how much we're going to talk about right now, because I, I don't, I don't, I'm not saving nothing for a book or a novel, nothing, just certain information. It's like, so comedy was happening, and then I forgot about so she she got pregnant. Mm. So she's pregnant. I'm nervous, but I'm like, I'm a father. And I'm married. I have a baby, and um, she starts miscarrying. 
and I'm young and comedy's on fire for me. I never felt anything like it. And she has the miscarriage on Saturday going into Sunday. Mm. Sunday night, TNT comedy. Mm. So I sat with her for a minute as she's in the bed, in the hospital bed, and I looked at her on Sunday, and she was like, you, you want to go to that, that show, huh? <laughs> and I was like, and it was going to be packed, and people was going to see me. And I was like, <laughs> and she was like, I tell you about it, she shook her head, that was it. Dang. And I was like, you know, niggas, you need me? <laughs> <laughs> but we was young. I didn't, I didn't, emotions was high. And I think I talked about it on stage. That's how free I just was, trying to find a comedy and in the moment. Yeah. Well, all right, y'all, I'm single tonight. Ain't going to happen. I probably went all the way in, not even right. thinking about this girl becoming a woman, you know, us from kids becoming adults, thinking about a real family. Mm -hmm. And here you are laying in a hospital bed. And I'm thinking about TNT Comedy Hook and how, and not girls, just wanting to go on stage. Mm -hmm. Want somebody to see this blue jean outfit and get up there and rock it. And and Damon's, Damon at the same time is like, make sure you're gonna be early because I, I don't know what the lineup gonna be. And I think back then, you know, who was gonna pop in there? Bernie would pop in, and yeah, man. So I know that had a lot to do with it. So I don't want to blame her. Like she <laughs> just was like, but that was funny. That nigga yelled that out in the back of the room, though. Then I got over there. He waited on me too. <laughs> and then weeks later is when you're talking about is when they came to the show and his foot was on the back of her chair. But D, let me say this. I got though. so much. This story D, is crazy. But, but this is so. I've heard we've talked about this before. This is the first time I've heard you take ownership in what you could have did wrong. I mean, the first time I heard it, I just thought she was a terrible person, <laughs> right? Because wow. that because so that must have been passed three I years made, ago. You make it seem like that's how much I love comedy. That I was willing to do that, mm. and that people people nowadays can't don't argue so much with that tone of it because people have passion and have dreams and have the same thing so they're like that's what I would have did mm -hmm. that's what I, I could feel that when they like because but for men and me telling this story is, is different than the compassion we show when a girl's like yeah I had to go strip so my son had to sleep in the car it's like she did what she had to do mm -hmm. but if I say yo I had to I wouldn't be where I'm at if I wouldn't have took certain steps and whatever the steps whether they've been the best or worst right. got me here mm -hmm. if I start playing Jenga with my past I don't know at what point it's going to be the one that topples it over. Mm. So there's also there's also the growth and the um, just within within myself and how it makes me feel more than it is about anything else. But I was in love with comedy more than I was in love with anything else or anyone else. Mm. That's all I had. I mean, I that's I the selfishness of it. It's a it's a it's almost it's a really selfish dream, especially in the beginning. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy, but I, you also have. You come from nothing. Yeah. Get chances. People paying me to tell jokes. Yeah. Mom was fucked up. Used to nigga. I got all these stories about me. All these different stepdaddy niggas that been around. All these relationships I didn't thought I had. All the the this. What would we be if we weren't comics though? Where where would this where would this pain go? Where would this this energy go? Because it's actually a superpower and it could be used for fucking good or bad. And, and most of the time. 
When you see people being mean, super fucking mean, and we giggle about it, they make great comics. Mm -hmm. They tone down that superpower, but they out there being fucked up, and we don't know where we would put it. And I, I still, I wouldn't, like I said, I don't want to blame nobody or no, nothing made me love comedy, but it was all I had, man. For real, it was it. Was it. And I didn't feel good when I got off stage. Mm. And I did, me and her, of course, I went back, but it's like that moment I had, I had to go. Mm. You did what you had to do. Not just for you, but for your family overall. Looking back at it, looking back at it, yeah. but we didn't. You didn't know that then. Back yeah. then, like real right. said when he first heard, he like this yeah. nigga crazy. Like yeah. you don't get no fuck about nothing. <laughs> nigga like come or die. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, what are you talking about, man? Like, man, we need a part two with D Ray, man. Well, we do. What, what time is it? Oh, my bad. Yeah, it's not your... We, this is great. Well, it's because me oh, and Rail talk like this anyway. <laughs> just, follow, just meet us at the dime or something. Just turn the mics on. Yeah, yeah. Go, we, just... anyway, we should just do this in a park one day. We just do it in random places. We just have a podcast. And tell people to be quiet too around us. Could you not walk that dog right now? Thank you. Jesus oh, so Christ, you're in a podcast here. Uh, do I have time to jump into a couple little quick the game questions? No, we got to wrap this up. We have a little bit. Y'all sure? All right, all right my fault. Let's just knock it out. No backstory. Sorry about that. All right, all right. let's do it. Okay. Uh, who said this? Women that don't want to have fun, you can't hang with me. I like to do stupid shit. I like for me and my woman to put on red shirts, go down to Target, and pretend we work together. Davis. He raised it. You know when you said that? Uh, the, the, the Shaq All Star. Okay. Mm. Okay. Okay. 2009. Yeah, because I got a text about it about a dude saying I had heard his joke, and nigga, please. I don't know where that nigga at now. He's uh, I killed him on the internet too, dead and buried. <laughs> he Dang. gone. Yeah. Hey, don't send me nudes ever. I just send back a thumbs up or the big eyes. I never said anything that the shade room could repost. Me. <laughs> when did you say that, man? Oh, uh, oh man. Is that an interview? Yeah. Breakfast it was, Club? Uh, the Real. The Real. Yeah. Damn, you said that on The Real? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, when you said no, because they're saying what's the weird, they're saying what's the weirdest ones. People, I never said nothing that men like, ooh, girl, I can't wait to, no, nah, no. Nah. I was like, thanks. I was like, that's cool. They can be full news. They, they didn't explode it, expose it all. And I was like, I'll just send back an angel face like, mm-hmm. <laughs> You don't catch me replying with a nasty man. Thank you, girl. Meet me on. <laughs> Who said this? Don't let your pride and ego get in the way. And this, he thirsty. I am thirsty. And I want that. I need that. Who said that? Damn. That me too? Nah, you ain't said that one, man. Wait, say it again. Don't let your pride and ego get in the way. And this, he thirsty. I'm thirsty. I want that. I need that. Who would say something like that? That's not you. What wild would say that? He's not trying to say DC Youngfly? No, no, no. Who was Tyrese on The Breakfast Club? Tyrese said that shit? What'd he say? I I ain't gonna lie, man. Is you reading it out exactly? It says, don't let pride and ego get in the way. And this, he thirsty. I am thirsty. I want that. I need that. Oh, damn. He's saying, don't let your pride get in the way, saying when women call you thirsty, yeah, I'm thirsty. Like, yeah. I, I want it. I need it. Nah, that's <laughs> yeah, pretty crazy, <laughs> man. <laughs> Hit whole slurp. God damn, he need to put that in the lyric. Wild crying. He probably... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I ain't never heard that shit. I was like, who the fuck wrote that shit? <laughs> One more, but that's it. That's it. All right, yeah, we gotta right. get out of here. Thank y'all for tuning in to Keeping It Real with... Sorry for talking Young so Wayne. No, you good. And shout out to, nah, I guess... It's very special guest D. Ray Davis, brother. Thank you for coming through, big bro. This is nice. We're doing all comedy. This shit got turned into a. Oh, that's what it does, Playboy. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Keep it real. Keep it real.
That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>